This is the Ezra Podcast. Now, we went into this week, and I thought the biggest fight of the weekend was going to be Josh Warrington versus Mauricio Lara, number two. Rematch of a massive upset. It didn't play out that way. Um, the card had its moments. You know, I mean, it, it had some, I guess, more interesting storylines, I guess, to come out of it. Nothing that was groundbreaking, but the main event of Mauricio Lara, which we will get into, and Josh Warrington ended up in a no contest. Or, the, as they called it, a technical draw, which I don't even know how the hell they got to that result because I from I, I mean, I don't know how the what the rules are there, but I'm pretty sure that the title is the same rules we have here, but somehow they got a technical draw. I don't know how they got there. It should have just been a no contest. The fight was stopped due to a headbutt because Josh Warrington uh came in massive cut over Lara's eye and it couldn't continue. We'll get we'll get into that. We'll get into what that means going forward. We'll get into how that would look like that was going to play out. But let's get into the UFC because I think the UFC had a pretty decent weekend for a kind of a card that was going under the radar. We start off with Derek Till versus Brunson, Darren Till versus uh, Derek Brunson, and Brunson, who has been a you know a, a gate holder, he's been a gate holder, uh, majority of his career in the UFC. But he's on a run here of just you know not opening the gate. Honestly, that's what it is. He beat. Uh, Two um, prospects. He beat Darren Till. He's on a good win streak now. He's got credible names under his belt. And this fight, as I seen that, you know, Brunson could have um, advantages holding Till against the fence in the clinch. I, I, I thought if he got a takedown that he could be effective. I just didn't think he'd be this effective. Now, he didn't really do anything in the stand-up. I thought Till definitely got the better of the stand-up, but it wasn't enough. Like, he wasn't considerably better than Brunson in the stand-up that it was like you know like some huge advantage for him and what it needed to be it really did for him to win this fight for him to be competitive in this fight he needed to really have the advantage on the stand-up because the ground was an even wider margin than I imagined now I thought Brunson would be able to get Till to the ground but not like right away and not whenever he wanted and it, I didn't know that Till was just going to fall apart on the ground. Now there's rumors coming out that Till had an ACL tear going into this fight. And that you know whatever, you take those take that for what it was. It doesn't matter to me. It doesn't change my opinion or anything going into this. I think that just means that Till's maybe breaking down more than I even I'm thinking, right? Go uh from fighting, but Brunson was super effective, and he's been super effective on the ground for his, his past three fights. And when he gets to the ground, his ground and pound is getting, uh, you know, it, it, he's really pun- punishing people. He's really strong. He's got really good control. And Darren Tills, did, he fell apart more than Holland, more than uh, Edmund Shabazz, uh, Shabazian. He fell apart more than those guys. He just looked like completely out of it, completely helpless completely out of control now he does end up hurting uh brunson with the left hand right he lands a big left hand and brunson has to uh get the takedown and when he does though it's over he, he gets a, he gets his back applies submission till taps immediately i mean immediately his i'm telling you, his ground game looked terrible it looked levels of greg hardy's te- ground game it did and it, i i've never seen it look this bad before it just looked bad. It didn't look good. It didn't look like he had an answer. He really looked like a guy that just like, if you're going into this fight, you would think like his first MMA fight and you're, you know, he's just learning the ground and he really needs to keep it standing. That's what it looked like as the, when the fight played out. 
And Brunson, credit to him for getting better. And I try to think, like, why is he better now? And I think that sometimes we think with age, right, and guys get out of their prime that we think, oh, that, you know, they're slowing down. So they're worse. And we don't really, really think about experience making someone better, even if they're slowing down. And Derek Brunson is definitely not the same explosive fighter he once was because Derek Brunson used to explode coming forward with massive combos. Um, he was always a, a bit awkward, uh, kind of unpredictable in what he was going to come with, but he he was way more explosive. He had way more speed to it, and he definitely has slowed down. But his knowledge of fighting and the way he has to fight controlled now because he is older and definitely his gas tank isn't what it used to be. It, it makes him a better fighter. I think he's a better fighter now than he ever was in his previous point of his career. And I think that his, the skill, his skills are up, but I think that his physical ability has diminished. So it doesn't, just because someone's out of their physical prime doesn't mean they're a less, lesser fighter. Sometimes they're a better fighter. Another example of this is Joe Joyce right now. Now, Joe Joyce, if you've seen him you know, four years ago, you, he's a complete, you, you would be like, I don't know who the hell this guy is. Does Joe Joyce have a twin brother that's athletic? They can move, is limber. But George Royce might be better now because he's more controlled. Because he has to rely on certain techniques and he has to master those techniques and it makes him very effective. And I think Brunson's at that point where he's not going to explode wild stuff that usually gets him hit. He's actually more controlled. He's more defensively aware and he's more at home. So when he does make a move, because his gas tick isn't what it once was, it has to be at the opportune time, so it makes him sharper. And he has, definitely has more experience in the cage. He looks very comfortable in the cage. Darren Till is the other way. I think he's just completely out of it. I don't think he has any confidence. I think when things go south, they really go south for him. I don't think he's ever added to his game since coming to the UFC, and I think he was the most effective when he first came in because, you know, I think people were thought there was more threats than were actually there, but it's just really a left hand. That's all he has. He's never changed anything to his game. He's never added. He's never changed anything up. He's never came up with a different game plan. It's always the same game plan. It's always the same looks. And no one's getting hit with that shot anymore. And, at the, and he somehow keeps getting moved up to a higher and higher level, and it gets worse for him. And it's not going to get better. And this guy on Twitter had the, one of the, the best takes of this whole thing was people were saying, well, Till can still be the Michael Bisping. He could still be the Oliveira, you know, so a guy that was winning and losing, winning and losing, and then finally breaks out. And, like, this guy said, Derek Brunson is that guy. Derek Brunson's closer than that guy than Darren Till is. Darren Till can hope to be that later, hope things turn right for him to that happens later. Derek Brunson's that right now. He's on the cusp of being that. If we're being honest, Brunson is kind of old a title shot. Because Darren Till was going to get the title shot if he won this fight. Darren Till was being rooted for by the champion of the midway division because it's a big name. Darren Till's a big name, a big following in Europe to get the, to get this win and get the title shot. And now Derek Brunson won. And it kind of messes up, I think, the UFC's plan going forward. And I don't know... You know, I don't believe they're going to get Derek Brunson that title shot. I think he probably deserves it. But because Adesanya beat Brunson so bad, how do you make that a main event? It's hard to do that. But then Adesanya probably has a big payday, right? So you're going to make that a co-main event? Then what's going to be the main event over Adesanya in that big payday? 
But if they do do it, it shows the credibility of the ranking system in the UFC. That the ranking system is no joke. That that ranking system could be trusted. If Derek Brunson is able to lose that bad at Israel Adesanya and able to work his way up and legitimately get a title shot through the ranking system, then that adds a level of credibility to that ranking system un, uh, unseen in any other sport. Because the truth is, is if you lose that bad to the champ, before he's even champ, you'll probably never get that shot again. No one was ever saying Ricky Haddon was going to fight Manny Pacquiao ever again. No one was ever saying that Ricky Haddon was going to get Floyd Mayweather. And if the UFC is to follow the ranking system, that would have given an opportunity for like someone like Ricky Haddon to earn his way back up to actually get that shot. But because no one really wants to watch it after they've seen it, and it's really hard to convince someone that something different's going to happen, in boxing, you'll never get that shot again. You would have to do some amazing stuff to get that shot again. You would have to let years go by of people just like kind of forgetting that it happened. This is what Derek Brunson's on the cusp of doing. Now, if the UFC pulls that trigger, there's a I'm telling you, the ranking system means everything in that sport. And that's a beautiful thing for that sport. And especially in a sport that doesn't really care about stars, it seems like, going forward, or individuality, or mega fights. Like, going out of their way to make mega fights. I think showing that the ranking system is legit, I think that helps them. Because anyone could legitimately get to the title. And it makes every fight important. You know, a guy like Brunson in boxing, maybe not boxing now, right? Boxing now, you get a lot of opportunities. But boxing in, you know, 10 years ago, he, he'd lose that fight. You would never see him on TV again. That's the truth of it. You would never see him on TV again. And Brunson has worked his way back to get that title shot. Now, do I see that fight going any different? I don't. I think Israel Asanye is so much better than the middleweight division. The whole division. He's so much better. Leaps and bounds. And this is what happens when you get a great fighter. He makes the whole division look like trash. And that division just doesn't look good. It doesn't look close to his level. I think Derek Brunson's a hell of a fighter. I think he's in a spot of the middleweight division that isn't, I don't believe, you know, at his strongest. I think that there was guys that we thought were going to be something like Holland, like Shabazian. And he showed that they weren't that. They weren't up to snuff. And he just happens to be the guy... You know, worked his game, stood current, and now he's got Darren Till, who's more named than he was a fighter, and he's at the spot now. But I don't think he has any chance against Israel Adesanya. I don't think any of the middleweights do. And I wouldn't be surprised after Izzy fights Whitaker again if he looks to make a heavyweight uh, run again. Because there's not really anyone for him to fight. I think that he might, might take a break, might go to light heavyweight one more time, give that another attempt. Darren Till, he's just going to have to work his way back up. But I don't see the Michael Bisping uh, comparison for him. Because Bisping got better. That's the thing that people are really... Darren Till's not getting better. He's declining. Bisping was limited, like, talent-wise, but he, he would get better. He would add stuff to his game. His ground got better. His wrestling got better. His striking got better. Darren Till's not getting better. He's getting worse. Because it's... And it's, it's because it's... It's like a fruit. It's rotting, right? It's it's like a fruit. It has like, you can't just leave an apple out. It's not going to just stay fresh, right? Um, And with Till, he's not doing it to his game where he's just kind of staying still. And you don't really ever stay still in this world. You're either getting, or getting better or getting worse. And he's getting worse. I don't know if you can change it. I don't know 
what he needs to change, maybe a whole camp, maybe uh, training. I don't, I don't know. I just don't think he has it. From what I've seen, he looked like a defeated fighter. And the way he gave up and gave in in that fight, I don't know if he'd get that back. On the undercard, you have Tom Aspinall versus Sergi Spitback. And Aspinall looked extremely impressive. Extremely impressive. And he's got some pretty damn good boxing. And he's a heavyweight in a, a division that you can be a star really quick because it's not deep. And it's really hard to get a guy that moves like him, who's competent on the ground, and can strike like that. And is loose with his strikes and loose with his movement. And I know he wants to come up slowly. I don't. I believe his skill is too much to come up that slow. But I believe the UFC will oblige him of going up maybe like two or three rankings. I think that it could be Sakai next, who's coming off two losses. I think that's a, a good fight for him. It's, it'll be a, a decent stand-up fight. Um, well, I, don't, I think Osprey would win that fight. I think he'd win pretty clearly. But I think that it'll be two guys wanting to stand up, and I think they're two guys that have some skill standing up. I think Osprey's clearly better. I think he's uh, clearly going to be making a run to the title. But I think he's smart to say, I want to go slow. I don't want to rush it. And in this weight division, you can be rushed. Like, the guy that is the interim champ only has nine fights. So it is a weight division that you can be rushed along. You could be skyrocketed. He's going to try his best to avoid that. He's going to try his best to come up slow, come up the right way. And this is the way you would do it in the UFC. You know, in the UFC, it's hard to build a fighter. But you can if you just choose to go to the guy that's right above you, that you feel like is equivalent to you. And in the heavyweight division, if Aspinall, not, if Aspinall wants to, right, you can be built up. Because from where he's at, I believe he's like 13 or 12. 11, 10, 9, 8, and like 7 are all beatable for him. They're all guys that are win some, lose some fighters. And also, knows, I think he's better than that. And I think that if he fights those guys, he could go on a two year, you can go two years with just fighting those guys. And avoid, you know, the top four. I think it's very interesting. I think that the heavyweight division is extremely interesting right now in the UFC, but it's not deep. You got a few guys, and he's going to add his name in there soon. I expect his next fight to be a main event. It may, it's not going to be pay-per-view. It's going to be a fight night, but I expect it to be the main event. This guy is, is making something special. In a time where the heavyweights, the top two guys, are extremely special. With John Jones maybe in there, with Stipe maybe staying around, Aspinall is to be watched. Another undercard fight, you had Patty Pimlet. Versus Luigi Vandamini. And Pimlet is one of the most hyped guys to come over to the UFC. And I've seen a lot of highlights from him. And I know he's hyped because I don't really... Like, I'm not a guy that's, like, watching Cage Warriors. I'm not a guy that's watching, like, minor league MMA fights. I'm not. I'm not that guy. And I don't really think I do that for boxing, too. Like, I don't think I'm... I'm not a guy that's watching, like, the early prelims. I'm not. I, I, I There's too many cards going on that you can't... It's hard to follow. That's for, like, people that follow one specific thing. I gotta follow MMA. I gotta follow boxing. I gotta watch the main cards. I gotta watch... Keep current with who, who's there and who's relevant at the time. Now, do I watch DAZN whole cards? Yes. Do I watch PBC whole cards? Yes. Do I watch the UFC whole card? Yes. But I'm not watching Cage Warriors. But I do Patty Pimblin has been on my radar for a while now. So that's how I know that he's had hype. If you're on my radar, 
you have hype, like, and you're not in the UFC yet, then I'm like, oh, this guy's going to be something when he comes. And he had a, a, a great moment in a fight that he was struggling in, but he wasn't fighting a guy that was like with a terrible record. It wasn't a guy they were trying to feed to him. No, it was a guy that they tried to fight, find at his level in the UFC, and he, he struggled a little bit. And he's going to struggle because he, his stand-up is not the best. Now, he, he he was effective with the stand-up when he needed to be, but it's not precise. It's not the most technical. It's not... The way I explain it, and I think that sometimes like in MMA, this is pretty... Uh, to me, the easier way to explain is he's when he's punching, right? He's punching at a heavy back, right? He's punching at a block. He sees a giant square. He's punching in that direction. When Izzy is striking... He's punching at a certain point. And I think Izzy said the best way, right? Some guys, how does he say? Some guys shoot and hope and he uh, pinpoints and attacks. or Something like that. Something along those natures. And that is accurate. And Patty Pimble is just shooting and hoping at this point. And striking, to me, to me it's easier for, say, a kickboxer comes to UFC and he's got to learn the ground. To me, that's easier to do than a ground guy having to learn stand-up. Now, people might get offended by that. People might think that's wrong or inaccurate. I just think it is. I just think because you could be learn the ground and not be that great of an athlete. And you could, you could learn it to apply to your body and the way it works. To be good at striking, you kind of have to be a, 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 level, a certain level of an athlete. You have to be uh, good with timing. You have to be some kind of speed, some kind of power. There's... You need some physical traits in your favor to do it. So on the ground, I don't think sometimes you don't need that. I don't think so. I think some of the ground guys, like you look at Ben Askren, right? He doesn't have those things. He doesn't have extreme speed, power, um, precision, timing. He doesn't have that. You can. There's ways to learn around it. It's going to be real hard for Patty Pimblett to be so, you know, get good enough level of the striking where he can hold his own at that point with the top 10 guys. Because his ground game is solid. His ground game is amazing. That's how he got here. But it's not like he has these devastating takedowns. It's not like he doesn't have a devastating double leg. And I think it's very hard to be a, strictly a ground guy, a guy that we're lying on the ground, if you don't have a devastating double leg. Like Khabib is in on you. He's got explosive takedowns. Pay people doesn't have explosive takedowns. He needs to get a hold of you some way, but it's not going to be an explosive way. He just doesn't have that. That's not his game from what I've seen. And in this fight, he really needed to land something or he was in trouble in this fight. And he makes a lot of mistakes standing up. But I know people are saying, why are you so negative? Why can't we just enjoy what we have? Well, I don't know. This is what I have to see. I'm, this is what I'm doing. I'm looking and seeing, you know, is this, can this stay? Is this relevant? Is this realistic? Is, does this have the, is, does this guy have the ability to take over the UFC? And it, to me, it's going to be very hard. Remember Grace, the Gracie that came in, Kron Gracie, came to the UFC. And his ground game is next level. But he can't stand. And he doesn't have the most effective takedown. So he, he would never get past a mid-level guy. Patty Pimlin's going to have a real hard time getting past a top 15 guy. And if he gets into the top 10, I, I'll be surprised at, at that point. Just because of... Where he's at with the stand-up. It's all going to rely on where he could get with the stand-up. How much improvements he can make from the stand to get to the stand-up portion. Because 
the ground is excellent. There's no one doubting that. But is it is his takedown so effective that you know it can't be stopped? That he can just avoid standing up, similar to like honestly like the way Khabib fights. No, I don't see that either. So that's what we're gonna be. That's gonna be the, the what you have to watch going forward. But he's very exciting, and his next fight will be super hyped. And, you know, in the UFC where star power isn't, you know, in that there's not that much star power right now in the UFC. He, he, I'm sure he's, I'm sure he's uh, welcomed, you know what I mean? I'm sure the, the UFC fans are excited for something like that, where some, some kind of excitement behind him. I, I'm, you know, the UFC, I don't know what their strategy is. I just, I see that they're getting away from star power. It's like you have the card that they're putting in New York, and it's a hell of a card, amazing card. But there's no star power on that card. Like, that card star, the card star power is low. And I know that they think, like, oh, Canel's making a mistake going up with that card. I don't really think he is because it's always star power. And Canelo is the bigger star than all those fighters on that UFC card combined. So I don't think that the PPC is worried about it because they just know they have the star. It's all about who you bring as the star. Right? And Canelo has been, what, defeated once in a match, a head-to-head matchup. And I believe that was Mosfet over Nate Diaz. But the UFC doesn't care about stars like that, apparently, because Nate Diaz can't, you know, the, the, the what they do and how they use Nate Diaz to sparingly use him, you know what I mean, uh, Masvidal, they use him, but I just, I don't think the UFC's like, you know, they have a limitation on what they want to do with him. So, Paddy Pimlet could be a star, he has, the, he has all the things to be a star, but I don't know if he has the fighting ability to get to a level consistently to be a star. Now let's get to the boxing card. Connor Ben fought Adrian Granados. And I see a lot of negative negativity towards Connor Ben. I get it. I don't agree with it, but I get it. And everyone's saying, oh, he would get destroyed. He get destroyed by, you know, Terrence Crawford. He get destroyed by Earl Spence. He get destroyed by Ennis. And I'm like, well, okay, well, we're talking about the best guys in the weight division. And in Ennis, you're talking about one of the, you know, the where people are so high on, they expect him to be, you know, a champ at this weight division. And it's like, that's not really a negative thing to say, though. You know what I mean? Like, of course, those guys are, those guys will beat most guys in the world. They're just talking about some of the best fighters in the world. That doesn't diminish Conor Ben what he's doing. Now, Conor Ben is still growing as a fighter. I think that's the part that we're not, he's not a finished product yet. Even though he's maybe 24 years old and, you know, maybe guys were further along than he was at this point, that doesn't matter. That's not his journey. And what he's doing at this point of his journey is still pretty impressive. And I know that he lunges shots. I get that. But you know what? Also, the, you know, just because someone does something doesn't mean that it's wrong for them to do. Yes, he lunges big shots. But his also, if you notice, his stamina is pretty damn good. It doesn't tire him out. Also, he has pretty good timing on when to do it. He also does hasn't been made pay uh hasn't been made to pay for those big shots yet. And I think that if he was, I think that he would change his strategy. But when he doesn't have to, then he's gonna lunge big shots like that. And in these fights, the past three tests, you have Formella completely controlled the whole fight. Sammy Vargas knocked him out in the first round. And Granados completely controlled the whole fight. So you want to speak negative about him when he's doing what he has to do and he's passing these tests with flying colors. 
So we're being negative for the guy doing what he should be doing in these tests. I think that he would beat Danny Garcia right now. I think he'd give Porter a hell of a fight right now. But I think that he still got learning to do. I don't think this is the finished product. And I think that from what you've seen him at and where he is now, it's a massive improvement. Because I didn't expect him to beat where he's at now. And now I take him legitimately serious. And I think he's soon going to be a contender at 147. And I think he's going to get better. And now we've got to see what's the finished product for him. And where's he at in a year from now? Because he has star power. He's got the name. He's got the look. And he's starting to put together the skills. And he's got some pop. I just don't see all the negativity. There's so much negativity. I think, you know, English fighters get bashed a lot, especially by American fans. And I think a lot of the times it's unfair. I think Hunter Ben's one of those situations where it's unfair. We also had Katie Taylor fight that night against Jennifer Hahn. And Jennifer Hahn, I, I, like I told you, she was going to get a decision. She was going to go to a decision in this fight. Katie Taylor was not going to be able to take out Hahn. She's too defensively aware. And I think Katie Taylor's getting a little bit. We're starting to see a lot of Katie Taylor. And you're starting to see that the level isn't as high as maybe we thought it was. I think Serrano is much more skilled than her. I think that. I think that you're starting to see that Katie Taylor isn't that far away from. Um, these other female fighters. And I think that Natasha Jonas, the fight that she had, that fight was close. And there was positions where Katie Taylor looked like she was having a lot of trouble. She's The distance isn't that far. It's kind of similar to Ronda Rousey. Ronda Rousey um, was smoking opponents. And then the fights got you know a little bit closer until she finally lost, right? And then she just got struggling and destroyed. It could be that situation for Katie Taylor where it's like, you know, the more she's fighting, like the more you're saying, well, she's not, she's better than these girls, but not like extremely better or not to the point where she's just smoking them now. And at one point, I think it'll be Serrano. Like what I'm leaning towards as I'm watching this is that Serrano might run through her. And then you're going to see another person run through her. And then the, it's going to be the next level of, of female fighting. I think the more we're seeing Katie Taylor, the more I'm seeing that there, there's limitations to this. And she relies a lot on the same technique over and over again, and just kind of being a little more physically gifted than the person. And that's kind of what I saw in this fight. She won the fight, no doubt. But I think that if anyone saw, you know, the level Jennifer Hahn is, even though she's defensively aware, she's not world-class level. She shouldn't be. And Katie Taylor looked better than her, but she didn't look worlds above her. And that's just the truth. And I think the more seeing her, the more, the more it's becoming obvious. And I think... Amanda Serrano is going to be trouble for Katie Taylor when they finally match up. I expect McCaskill to be next, and then a Serrano fight next year. Um, McCaskill is limited. I think that Katie Taylor will beat her. They had fought before, and I expect that, but I expect McCaskill to be tough, and she's kind of a name because she beat Barakas. Go to the main event. You have... Mauricio Laura versus Josh Warrington, number three. And they get in there, and this fight felt big. It felt big in England. It felt big with the crowd. And Warrington came out, and he he, he did what I thought he was going to do. He was going to be more patient. He was going to be a little more picky. But his offense is still his offense, and it still leaves him open, and it still is exchanging big shots. And it's still, take, you know, explosion shots. Now, he could be more patient with it and give you, you know, maybe you're getting less looks at it. Maybe you're getting seeing less opportunity against it. 
But Laura was still landing. Like, Laura was getting hit. And he's going to get hit, too, because that's his game. He gets hit. He wants to exchange with you. But you can see that Laura, in the second round, was landing some big shots. Like, you, you can see that the direction I felt that it was going. It was going to be a mercy of Laura later in the fight. It's exactly how I thought it would play out. Warrington, um, when he did get hit, would kind of, like, panic and jump in and grab him. And when he did that, he would come in with his head. And he cut him, and it looked like just like a little cut on the on his uh, outside of his uh, left eye. But then when he got to the corner, it just split right over his eye. And there was just... There, there was, it was one of those things where, like, the cut... I'm just like, yeah, they're going to end this. And if they let it continue, you're like, well, how long can they let this continue? So they call it... It's a draw. I don't get how they got there. But it's like, where do you go from here? And sound like Eddie Hearn wants to take Warrington somewhere else in another direction, maybe come back to this fight. I think you need to run this one back. And I don't think Warrington... I think Warrington is still damaged goods until he gets his back. And I think if you see Warrington fight someone else, you're going to be like, yeah, but he, he still never got that win back from Laura. And Laura isn't a big enough name to go really somewhere else yet. And, you know, and for that to be like a decent-sized fight, I think that these two guys are meant for each other right now. And he got the first one, the second one, into no contest. The storyline still goes. It, it it limited the card, right? The card, no one really stood out in the card. Connor Ben won the test, passed the test, but didn't have a highlight. Katie Taylor won her fight, but wasn't, you know, nothing impressed to be impressed with. And this fight didn't go anywhere, it unresolved. So the card is, it's going to get a low uh, rating for me. Because nothing really stood out. No storylines really built. But the one thing it did is it kept Laura, War, Warrington and Laura Buzz to go to number three. I want to see it. I like the buzz going into this one. Let's run that bad boy back. Beginning of next year. I want to see it. I think this needs to be resolved. And if Laura wins, he'll be some star power there. And if Warrington wins, he's right back to where he was and he can go fight Laywood or, you know, Zucan or one, any one of these guys, um, Gary Russell, anyone. It, there's, you know, possibilities are endless for both of these guys, but they need to resolve this. They can't get away from this. To me, I think it has to happen. I think to get away from it would, it doesn't make sense in the storyline. It really doesn't. It really does not make sense in the storyline. Going into uh, next week, you know, Delahoya out with COVID in a fight that I really wasn't interested in. Um, I'm not happy he has COVID, but I'm kind of glad the fight's not happening. Um, I hope he gets, you know, of course, I hope he gets better from COVID. Now Evander Holyfield's coming in. And, you know, Triller's a mess. It's an absolute mess. It's a disaster. Uh, bad, this is what bad management looks like. And I know people say, well, how can he control, you know, people getting COVID and all that. It's very, very, very uh, funny that when bad management comes, stuff Stuff like this tends to happen. And people say you're insane. They can't control this. Just watch the way trailers run. Just watch the way it's run. So next week is slow boxing. Next week is no uh, UFC. I don't I don't believe, believe there's a Bellator card. So it's probably going to be a slow week for fights. I'll probably just... Do another podcast this week, just really just covering the news. I'll, I mean, uh, Oscar Valdez fights this week. I'll get it. We could get more into that. I really believe that you know he broke the rules, should have been stripped from the belt, suspended. Now, I do. I think this uh, hurts his image, or um, does it hurt at least his, you know, his career or something going forward? No, because it wasn't a, a it wasn't something you take to get like a physical advantage. It wasn't test positive for HGH or steroids or anything like that. And the context is important. Now, I think he should have been stripped and all that because there are rules set and everyone's following them. So he should have. And that limits the WBC. 
And it hurts his image now. Now, I think going forward, if he passes the test, I really don't think this sticks to him. I think people maybe get bothered by that. But that's the truth. I don't think it's going to stick to him. And I think someone pisses hot, right? And he, say if he wins a fight and they say, well, can Allison no contest? That hurts, that hurts his image, right? That hurts his image. And it hurts him going forward. But I think if he, you know, a fighter's going to have to continue his career, if he doesn't piss hot going forward and they're testing him, what are we supposed to do? Just eliminate him? I don't think he could do that. And I don't think Valdez, what he tests positive for, like I said, he should have been suspended. But I don't think it's enough to ruin his whole career. I'm not going to go that far. But we'll get into it more this week. Also check out the Straight to Video podcast on YouTube, my YouTube channel. Uh, and once again, you can hear this on Spotify and Apple, the Ezra podcast. Thank you guys for listening. Have a good week.